0: Hey, you guys, this is Kelsey, and you are listening to Foot of the Cross. First of all, I just want to say welcome, you guys. Um, I want to give you a little bit of an update of what's been going on. I know that I haven't been consistent with making my podcast, and believe it or not, I'm still learning how to do certain things, and learning the ropes about how to go about it. Uh, One thing, and anytime y'all want to leave me a message and give me advice for any of you other podcasters out there, you're more than welcome to. I will not take an offense if you say, look, I'm not trying to offend you or anything here, but if I were you, I would do this a certain way. Oh my goodness. I would not be offended at all. I need all the help I can get, okay? And um as for you listeners, I expect the same. And it's not a you know, an ignorant notion of mine like, oh my listeners are gonna instantly start paying four ninety nine a month, you know, to start supporting me. So that I can get paid for my podcast. It's not like that at all. I don't feel that I should get paid that money from anyone. Until I've earned my way. Until I have walked through the valleys of podcast world. And made it to the other side. You know what I'm saying? I think you know what I'm saying. (laughs) Anyway, I'm just janking on you a little bit. But... For real though, anytime you feel like, you know, I am being too critical or I look like I might need help um, getting more support from my listeners financially or even if you think that um, I'm having trouble getting a lot of people to listen to me. I am all ears when it comes to your advice, okay? Mm. So for all my podcasters out there, I want you to know you're more than welcome to uh, give me some guidelines and advice, and I will take heed and listen to them, okay? All right, so here's uh, one of the things that's going on, is, you know, I'm putting that this is season two, but I'm like, okay, okay, I'm 35 years old. I know what a season is, and I get that, but is it really the director that decides how many episodes is in this season? You know what I mean? Because I'm finally saying I'm in season two because it's fall. Season one, was all spring and summer, okay? And season two will be, you know, like autumn and winter. And if anyone thinks that I should be doing it differently, drop me a line. Uh, You can text me at 205-723-8827 or you can leave me a message on the uh, place for doing it on the actual podcast line. I don't think that I recorded an actual uh voicemail for that, but I believe that if you push a button there, and if you need help, you know, all you have to do is uh, hit the question mark button and um, type in, you know, how do I do, etc., and it will show you you know, but anyway, um. so if you don't do podcasts, and you have a certain way about you, and you feel like, maybe I could do things different, or a topic that you think, or feel is serious right now, and should be Uh, our number one concern, please speak out. I love to hear other voices. You know, I hear my own all the time. (laughs) It can almost drive you crazy how much a podcaster hears their own voice. And um, I remember, you know, when I was younger and I wanted to be on the radio, I'm like, man, it must take a lot of confidence to be on the radio, you know, and it's not their fault. They really have to have kind of a big head and a big ego. uh, Because, you know, if you don't, you know, you, you can really mess yourself up. Like if you're, if you curse on a regular basis and you get on the air, you know you gotta you gotta stop cursing. That that's just it, you know, and that's that's just one, you know, of the things that an actual person on the air has to learn, not to do, and uh, then you've got podcasts. And we can say whatever we want. However, I am realizing that, you know, the audience that I am doing my podcast for does not want to hear me saying MF, GD, JC, or the effort, period, and, you know, um, the title of my podcast is Foot of the Cross, now, I know, every once in a while, if I get eager or something, and I say, what the hell, or, um, you know, damn, or something like that, if you get offended, I apologize, um, but, uh, one of my strengths, over the last few years in my life is that I have learned to finally let go of what other people think. And I'm fixating on being the real me. And it took me a long time at first to figure out who the real me was. And now that I know who the real me is, I'm not even fixing to let that down, <laughs> especially now that I got the law off my back, um, and I am a true blue, okay, I stand up for police, because 83% of the time, these young guys going out there, you know, to put their uniform on, yeah, part of it is because they want to be a big shot. But that's just a small part of it. You gotta be a certain type of person. Okay? First of all, you can't be a boy. You won't last long in that game. Alright? And, uh, if they give you a chance, you might go into the police academy a boy and come out a man. Luckily, if you're lucky, that will happen, okay? But that's not that much time. <laughs> so, you know, um, that's that's a small, small few that that happens to. So, really, what they're looking for is guys that come into the job already haven't become a man. And they do not... You know, when I say that, I'm not saying they expect you to uh, be adjusted to seeing blood, or be adjusted to seeing someone shot, or being be adjusted to having to call the HR on a mother who's shooting up uh, with her kid in the house, and then having that kid taken away in front of them. No. No one can be prepared for it until they've gone through it, okay? So, um, I don't call any anybody that has to do that job a wuss at the end of the day, okay? And that is why, believe it or not, when I thought about becoming a counselor, um, after giving my thought of doing nursing, you know, I gave up on that a long time ago because, I mean, with my ex-husband, I kept catching charges, and it was just a big mess. And I had to fight those charges for two years, and finally I was able to get them dropped. Not dealt with, dropped. There's a difference. That means those charges are no longer on my record. However, when I put an application in, They still pop up, and it's almost like, what did I pay my attorney to do, exactly? I mean, (laughs) I guess he kept me out of prison. Back to what I'm saying, though, okay? So, they expect you to come on the job already having been turned into a man, okay? But, When I was thinking about being a counselor, as I was saying, I was thinking, hey, you know what? I think that after everything I've been through, that there is a definite chance I'd make a great counselor for policemen and possibly for detectives and DEA as well. Like, I'm sorry. I don't even like using that term. Turn, drug enforcement officers, okay? um, They have to exist. I know that there's dirty cops out there and stuff, but, you know, yes, some of what we see on TV is really going down. But really... It takes, like I said, it takes a certain type of person to want to do that job. And not only do you have to be a man and come into it being one, but you also got to have heart, okay? You have to have a personality, a caring personality. Because a huge part of their job isn't running around chasing guys that are stabbing people in the streets, okay? This isn't the 1940s. We don't have bank robberies going on everywhere with Bonnie and Clyde robbing 200 banks, and they're not having to hide in the trees and shoot people 200 times to make sure they're dead and, you know... There's just no room anymore for those types of legends. There's too much technology out there. Thank God for people to truly become, you know, real gangsters in America. Now, don't don't quickly judge me and say, wow, she's arrogant. I'm not stupid. I know about the underground railroads. I know about, you know, the the system with Mexico and the troubles that we're having, how drugs are getting in, okay? I know about the tunnels. I know about the cartel. It's still going on. And that is why, since I was a little girl, I picked up on the fact that, well, if, in fact, and I'm not even going to bring up marijuana yet, because that that one is so obvious, okay? The reason why they don't want it to be legal. If you don't for real understand why they don't want marijuana to be legal, then you you don't know much about anything that's going on in this country, okay? Um but yes, I believe that the street police, those are the men that go into the job with a heart, with a caring personality. Then you got the people above them, and the people above them, and the people above them. And those are the people that I have a problem with, okay? So, let's say if I was a prosecutor, I'd be going after law, believe it or not, okay? And it's not because I think every single person that's wearing blue Or has a blue tag on the back of their car. Or undercover cops are dirty. It's not even about the police. It's about the government. The people above the police. CIA. FBI. (laughs) Guanaco. I mean... You can't trust people that make things and events just disappear. Can you? I used to be into um, conspiracy theories, and I'm so not anymore. I just, uh, I see it how it comes. You know what I'm saying? And I don't pick and choose what I believe, but... Now that I'm older and smart enough of what people to listen to and people that I respect and truly believe that they wouldn't be talking about this particular subject, not the one I'm talking about, but any particular subject, I would trust the words that are coming out of their mouth because I know that that person wouldn't be saying it if they didn't cold-heartedly believe that it was true and real when I was younger I didn't know who to trust or who to listen to and I needed guidance um part of you know why I am better at my choices and pickings of the ones I listen to and choose to believe has to do with you know, um, my relationship with the Lord, you know, because before I got close to God, I wasn't listening to, um, Rush Limbaugh. I wasn't listening to Sean Hannity in the morning and, um, you know, I was still watching, uh, all the news channels, <laughs> And I've always known that you couldn't really believe in tabloids. I mean, come on, I once saw a picture of uh oh shoot I just lost lost her name in my head, but you'd all know her. you know she hung out with paris hilton and and all that. Oh goodness Lohan. Um Lindsay Lohan. They took a picture of her standing in her high heels, okay? Pink glitter high heels. And there's some kind of white stuff coming out, alright? But they took such a perfect shot that when they put it in the tabloids, they said, wow. Somebody must have sneezed on their eight ball of cocaine and pissed uh someone off or pissed herself off you know from whoever bought those drugs because they just went to waste and got all over Lindsay Lohan's shoes and I'm like there is no way that that is cocaine <laughs> My mama didn't even know that people did this or do this. Um, I've never actually liked baby powder. I don't like... (laughs) I'm not trying to be sick or uh, say anything sexual. But there's not too many ointments or any kind of substance that I taught my daughter Or use for myself to use on my private parts. But I will put baby powder in my high heels. Because it keeps them fresh. It keeps them smelling good. And they're not tight when I slip them to them. They keep them comfortable. And they keep them smelling good. It was baby powder. So, no. You know? Of course, now and then, I bought them. I I bought the trashy tabloids when I was younger, whenever I had the flu or something. But I knew that (laughs) half the crap that they were saying was he said, she said, Hmm. And, uh, you know, you've got to be careful. You've got to be careful. Satan can get through to you a lot more ways than just bringing a bad person into your life. What kind of music are you listening to? What radio stations do you listen to? What kind of movies are you watching? What TV, what channels on your television do you allow yourself to watch and how long are you watching them how much TV are you watching and how much time are you spending reading your Bible hmm it's just uh you know when you start getting into those questions and Believe it or not, it, it was so easy for me to say, but you know what? Is it really for easy for us to answer and give straight answers and feel good about it when we're done? If you are at a crossroads right now, I do not pity you. I'm not sorry for you. You know... God exists, honey. You know that God exists. You know that there isn't some big bad man out there that put us here and is using us for pawns. Now, ever since Adam and Eve screwed up and the world turned into something that God did not plan for it to be, yes. We became Satan's chess pieces. I don't like chess. I don't play chess. I'm too ADHD for it. But I do respect it. And I do understand it, believe it or not. It took me a long time to understand chess. But once I understood it, you know what? I wish I could take it back and be innocent again. Because it makes you realize who your true friends are. And I know you're going, what in the world is she talking about? Satan puts people in our path. He takes these game pieces and he puts them in our path. So that we will be tempted to screw up. Manipulation is part of playing chess. I don't care how much heart you have as a chess player, but you can manipulate your opponent, you can change direction. Backwards, forwards, sideways. You can steal the king or queen. And when the game is over, somebody is a loser and somebody is a winner. And for a long time, when I was at a crossroads in my life, I did not realize how much of a loser I was. I played, I used to say that me and God played poker, metaphorically speaking, all the time together, you know. And, um. I got three aces. What do you got? (laughs) But it's not funny, though. And on another term, I would use, you know, I roll the dice every day, baby, every day. I take chances. Taking chances isn't so smart. If you end up in a car accident the next day drunk or hallucinating on acid and get a DUI. At 17. And no that didn't happen to me. (laughs) But it's happened to somebody. Living every day like your last. Forget that crap. Come on now. Grow up. Yes. We need to live in the now. But we also got to remember. Remember tomorrow too I don't know when there's not going to be a tomorrow and neither do you but I've said it and I'll say it again what do you want to be doing when God comes back for us I don't want to be relapsing off a dope when God returns I know that I don't want to be with another man that beats me when God returns. I know that I don't want my kids to be in the system and away from me because I'm a bad mother when God returns. I know that I don't want resentment from my parents or my brother when God returns. I'm going to keep going. I don't want to not have forgiven my people for any pain that they've caused me or grief that people have caused me in the past. Or even my rapist. I don't want to not have forgiven him before God returns. You say, forgive your rapist? Are you kidding me? No, I'm not. Read your Bible. We are to forgive. And we are to give. All that pain that we feel from that event that has happened to us, and we give it to God, and we do exactly what He tells us to do, and trust that He will provide for us, He will make us whole again, He will bless us for forgiving our trespassers and putting god first in our lives and putting our family second i've always tried to tell my mom mom you worry about everybody so much but what about the people right here And here's the analogy that my preacher used, and I'll never forget it. If you can't sit down at your own breakfast table and know that the ones right in front of you are going to heaven and you're questioning their beliefs, then you have no right to leave your house and go preach to the world. That is not your job. Your job is to take care of your house first. Clean your house in the name of God. And then be a prophet and go preach far and wide. That is what I'm doing now. My kids, they're teenagers. They want to have their own ideas. They want to say, Mom, you're wrong. Mom, I'm right. Mom, you don't understand. And I'm going to let them say those things. But I'm not going to stop until they realize i am here i do care i do understand my daughter struggles because her birth father abused me she's never met him and when we woke him up not too long ago because for her 16th birthday i was going to give her her own opportunity And let her decide if she wanted to meet him. We found out that he hasn't changed one bit. And the man that I married that she called dad for 11 years that I divorced is on a wrong path. So he's not in her life either. And I have to remind her, God is your father. And I have to remind her of the verse where he specifically says that God will be the father to the fatherless. Come, ye children, come on to me. Come, little children, come on to me. And I will give you rest. (laughs) And he's not just talking about the children. I have seen enough bloodshed, not from fighting, not from stabbings, nothing like that, but I've had enough losses in my life that I'm here to tell you, you can't harden up and pretend that they never happened. You got to figure out how you're going to deal with it right now before it's too late, and before it eats you up alive. Because staying angry for the rest of your life or something that happened years ago is not going to help you tomorrow or the next day or the next day or the next day. Live every day like it's your last. The world wants to sell, 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 sell. sell. Stop buying into it. Okay? Be yourself. And before you deny God or any religion, learn about it. Read it. Listen. How can you say that something's not real if you've never even learned or read or heard about it? How can you deny it? Scientists over the years have proven again and again and again and again that the ark did exist that the there was a flood on this earth they even found what jesus's body was wrapped in when he died and they still have the face expressions still in the sheet to this day where you can see from when he died when he sweated you can see where the nose and the eyes and the mouth was and why did they keep it in a museum why why is it a part of history if he wasn't real why is a piece of the ark in a museum if it didn't exist these were not children's stories told to entertain you think my mom sat there telling me that someone got swallowed up by a whale and his name was Jonah and he had to live in there for a few days and then got spit back out that sounds like a horror movie these stories were not made up for entertainment you guys (sighs) If you can't look at yourself in the mirror today and say, I know who I am, you better check yourself. Right now is not the time to play around with trying to figure out who you are. You either know yourself or you don't. And if you don't get to working on it, please, please I love you. You are all my brothers and sisters of Christ. God loves you. Jesus loves you. If you don't think you're loved, if you think you've been forgotten, or if you have tons of family and you think that's enough, you're all wrong. God loves us all. And He's going to put this place the way back the way it was supposed to be and it's coming soon. Who's going to be there on that day with me when the Son of God returns? What a beautiful day it was be the sight you know it's so funny but we can we can imagine years and years behind us but it's so hard to imagine eternity why why is it so hard to imagine eternity supposedly we've already been around for thousands and thousands of years so why is it hard to imagine eternity what because we die Do you truly, honestly think that some Buddha or whatever, you know, created us so that we could live on (laughs) this, sorry, I almost cursed, crappy earth live sort of a crappy life and get frustrated and have bad days and have birth pain and all that and watch the people die that we love and all that just so we can die and and there be nothing afterwards? Is that what you truly believe? If that's what you believe, you are lost, son or sister. And you need to pick up your Bible. And if you think that the Bible is boring, then do whatever you have to do. Look up the easiest way in the English language to read and understand the Bible, okay? My parents had me do it the hard way. I read... The Old Testament and on took me almost two years. When I was eleven years old, first time I ever read the Bible. Second time I was sixteen, when I moved to Albuquerque, New Mexico, at Team Challenge. I got to meet the coach of uh, the Dallas Cowboys, believe it or not, while I was up there, and he donated not two, not three, but five Cadillac Escalades to their cause, because they are the only Teen Challenge in the United States that uh, takes in people for free, clothes them, so clothes are given to them, uh, foods donated, you know, all that, and now, had the people there been a little bit differently I would have had more of an inspiring, life-changing experience. But besides the negativeness, I was able to do devotions every single morning. You had to be up at 5, take a shower, time the microwave for one minute, run to the shower, be done shaving and washing your hair and everything, and then go change your clothes, and then the next girl would get in. We couldn't take baths. First night there, you know, because now it's night after I've been shown the ropes and everything, after my parents leave and after I've cried, smoked my last cigarette, um... You know, all that, and said goodbye to everything. Cell phone, computer, my brother, everything. My parents, everything. My music, everything. (laughs) I had to let go of it. And it was one of the hardest things I had to do, man. Not one of the hardest things I've experienced, but one of the hardest things I had to do. I mean, uh, the atmosphere was so different there, and I'd give anything if the world were different today, and I could move back to Albuquerque because it's so beautiful. You know, in one yard, it'd be snowing, the other yard, it would be pure sunshine, because that's how far up in the mountains we were, but... Back to what I was saying though, right after shower, you're getting out, you sit down and I'm like, do devotions. What does that mean? We had to start Matthew, Matthew, Luke, John, and it goes on and on and on. And for every verse we had to write in our own words, what it meant to mm-hmm. us. And we had to study them. And if there wasn't, if there was a word we didn't understand, we had to <laughs> put change in this little jar and get on an old school, you know, American online computer. <laughs> 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 And look it up. So when I say devotions, boy, I really, really had to study. That is where I also got to, um, do all my singing lessons, uh, three hours a day, by the way. And one of the things we had to do was, um, hold a chair in front of our chest. A real wooden chair, too. It's not like, you know, one of those folding metal chairs or anything like that. But a real one chair, we had to hold above our chest while we sang. We had to learn how to sing with the, the tongue sitting behind the teeth at all times. And we had to learn how to put the sound of the H in front of every single word. And I never knew until I went there that those were things that singers did. And then when I got sick one real bad time, they made me go outside and start screaming as loud as I could so that I could learn to sing when I was sick. When we exercised we had to put our faces on and I'm not kidding about this one okay they completely believed that we needed to no matter where we were look good for Jesus and if your makeup was not able to be seen halfway across a football field, you know, I, I use the term football field because it was this huge field and we did track, you know, going around it. And there was no <laughs> pretty black pavement with white lines in the middle of I it. Mean, we're talking about up in the mountains here, so when I say we did track, whether it was four feet of snow. Or tall, tall grass. That's what we ran through in a circle, okay? And we had to put our makeup on like Dolly Parton, okay? And if you just took some gel, put it through your hair, and came out, you had to go back inside and make sure that your hair was poofy. Whatever you had to do. Okay. Singing lessons were after PE, so if you came in from PE to singing lessons and you still had sweat on you, no. Go redo your makeup, change out of your dirty clothes, put on a Sunday morning dress, and get up there. Oh my goodness. There wasn't enough time for homework which is why I did not graduate from high school while I was there. You would think that I could have gotten a diploma while I was there real easy. But you have no idea how many interruptions there was throughout the day during homework um schoolwork and uh we each had, you know, a computer you know, and everybody was on a different grade level. So you couldn't ever study with anybody or, or ask for help. So it was all on you. And uh the one one or two, no, there was three girls that graduated from high school while I was there. But they had all been there for like three years, man. And I was like, man, I'm out of here in 12 months. I don't know what y'all are talking about. And they're like, whatever. <laughs> But we had, we had five contracts that we had to do. And each contract, you know, they had different things that you had to do. And it was supposed to help you grow and get closer to God. I finished my first contract in less than four weeks. And she said, you know, the reason why people usually take it, you know, a year to two years to finish their contracts, and I said, why, and they said, because it usually takes them three to six months to do one contract, and I said, do what? I said, what about when you turn 18, and they said, of course we can't stop you from leaving, and I said, oh my gosh, (laughs) you know, but, um, so that is one cool thing. I found out way later because I wanted to call and say, hey, I'm married, ha, 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 and I've got kids, ha, 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 and I'm not doing drugs, and guess what? You know, I live in San Antonio, Texas with a man making $2,200 a week. I mean, oh, my goodness, because they saw me going nowhere when I showed up there. And they didn't even know it at the time at all. But it was my choice to go. And I was kind of mean because the woman I specifically told that I was married and had two kids, two and a half years apart, well, three and a half years, but her name was Sister Leslie. You had to call everyone sister. And um, as long as you were a counselor and lived there, you couldn't get married. And she wanted to get married so bad. And she still wasn't married when I talked to her. And I had to ask God for forgiveness because I really rubbed it in her face way too much. And I felt horrible because she actually came back and said, did you know that she said, I know that you are what she said, if you had Nevada at 18 mm, and in mm. at 21, then you're, what, um, 24 now? And I said, yes, ma'am. She said, that is just amazing, dear. She said, I'm so proud of you. And she said, uh, you're not going to believe this, but every year when uh, we get a group of new girls, and that doesn't mean the old girls leave, but she said, whenever the newcomers come in, We always say, don't tell me it's not possible to complete a contract in less than whatever amount of time. And they would say, why? You know, because this is going to take me forever. I'll be here for the rest of my life. And they'll start crying once they realize what they've signed up for. And uh, she said it puts them at ease instantly. And I said, you're still using my name? And she said, absolutely. She said, we bragged on you to the newcomers every year and haven't stopped. Because of how quickly you were able to do your contract. And see, it had to be approved by the top. And I'm not going to say her name. Um, well, her last name anyway. But her name was Sister Catherine. Sister Catherine... Could read you like a book she knew if you were manipulating her and when she read my contract she could tell that in those you know couple months that I worked on it that I truly worked on it and she saw miss manipulating Chelsea turn into the real Chelsea and she saw me get with the program you know and she started to see the true me. And they started treating me better. But it was a hard, hard part of my life. And it's one that I wouldn't take back even though for a long time I remember thinking, I can't believe it. I'm out of that place. Thank God. I wouldn't take it back. Um, the only thing I would do differently though is go in with more of an open mind. Because I went there thinking this ain't no thing, I'll be myself, they'll love me. But because they could see straight through me, I was very defensive. And I I kept my guard up for too long of the time that I was there. And had I let my guard down a lot sooner, I might have learned a lot more than I did. And again, that's teen challenge, and um, it's not just for drug addicts or women that have been abused by boyfriends. It's also for if you have a daughter or a son that's suicidal or um, is conflicted with the students at school and is getting bullied and needs to find themselves. Or if they're dealing with the possibility that they may think they're gay, or if they're dealing with and struggling with the idea whether there's a god or a devil or not or if the bible is real it is truly a place for any kind of troubled child and i would suggest it to any parent in a heartbeat because they are there because they care and want to help okay Um, if uh, you are a mother and you're on drugs and you know that there's no one there and you have no one to watch your kids while you go and get your own help, they will take your kid during that time, give them, okay. Okay. Good things. They will teach them amazing, wonderful things. All right, and they will teach them discipline, and they will come out a totally different person. While you go to rehab and do what you do, and by the way, they will also help you and pay for you to go to rehab, a Christian rehabilitation center, like on a farm or something close by, so that you can. Um, once visits are allowed, you can see your children. Mm -hmm. They can take in kids when a parent is homeless until the parent has a job and stuff. What they don't do is get full custody of a child, ever. It does not happen. Now, if they find out that a parent is at fault for doing something, um... They will keep them until the law sorts it out and the parent proves themselves. But they do not get uh, full custody of your child ever. Once the child is signed in, you, the parent, as long as you're not doing anything wrong, can sign your child out whenever you want. But they take anyone, I believe, from age 10 to 18 years old, and teen challenge is not just in new mexico but it is in other parts of america all over actually um i remember when coming home i would see people around christmas time giving out uh pamphlets with team Challenge on the front and passing them out. I'm like, <laughs> I still had a bad attitude towards the place a little bit. And was still happy that I was home. So I'm like, no thank you. And I throw it in the trash. Been there, done that. See ya, Sister Catherine. <laughs> but no. Um, It was an experience I will always have. And there was people that I will always hold in my heart. And it definitely taught me things that I needed to in order to get where I am today. Even if it was just two things it mattered a lot. I didn't need boot camp. I didn't need jail or prison. And God knew that. I went to my parents and I said, Y'all, I, I just need to go out there and uh by myself but well, I found myself, though, I'm going to do it with God right beside me. And they said, Amen. And it was the hardest thing we all did. But for a while, because, you know, of me complaining about it, they they felt bad for allowing me to go there. But then they saw how the place changed me, you know all right time's running out father god we thank you for everything you give us we ask you today father god anyone who's struggling out there that you give them guidance we appreciate your love and your care and your kindness that you show us father god and we pray for this election in the name of jesus because you know who should be president we know who should be president we thank you god that he is elected in jesus name we pray thank you for listening to foot of the cross amen god bless and have a wonderful day